0: Follow along on my journey of learning from the best backcountry hunters each week as we explore valuable information I use to find success in the backcountry. Let's get to the show. Hey guys, it has been a minute, but we are back with another hunt series episode. Catching you guys up to speed. Had quite a few weeks here of uh, unaccountability but maybe for good reason, Um, super busy this time of year. And maybe you guys are too. Hopefully guys drawing tags or, you know, new equipment that you're getting out and getting ready. And it's about that time. Uh, Hunts are kicking off in some of the States across the West. And yeah, you know, summertime in general is just busy, uh, especially for me. So I'll, uh, you know, I'll kind of just slowly start recapping the last few weeks here of that I've been missing MIA. Um, I think the last episode that I recorded, I was talking about uh, a scouting trip that I was planning. Uh, maybe, maybe not, but either way, uh, three, I don't know how many weeks ago, three or four weeks, first part of July, 4th fourth, fourth of July weekend, basically. I... Uh, <clears throat> I ended up going on the scouting trip and what really kind of started this downslide is I recorded an episode on the way to the trailhead and for some reason the SD card and it's the second time this has happened to me and it's a, I think it's a certain type or a certain model or brand or whatever of SD card, but recorded kind of a update of where I was headed and what I was doing And, um, nothing, it didn't, uh, didn't record. And so I was pretty, you know, I was pretty discouraged about it, but what are you going to do? And so I decided, you know, I'll just, um, I'll just record a recap, you know, before and after all at once and just never got around to it, um, have had, you know, summertime for anyone is busy I feel like and then summertime for us has become much more busy with um, the foster kids and even family coming up to visit right so we live in the place that's a pretty substantial day's drive from where any other family lives and so it's nice up here in the summer and they want to come visit. And so we had two straight weeks there here in the month of July with family basically here at the house. And it was just, just chaos, good chaos. Um, Definitely love having family here and, you know, other, the cousins and stuff, we, you know, we call them cousins basically for the foster kids now. And they, they loved it. Um, Super fun to have you know, other kids their age kind of hanging out here and that was just a good, um, good environment for the kids. You know, we, most of us, I feel like kind of had that, um, you know, that experience growing up. And so it was good for them to, to have that and, you know, be able to kind of call people family and have, have, uh, you know, feel like you got some roots and stuff, even though it's, you know, nothing's permanent with these guys and us, but anyway, so, Took off to the trailhead before that all happened, recorded, didn't record, didn't actually record. And so I was going to do a recap and just have gotten, have been so busy the last two or three weeks with this, you know, and so here I am, um, had to record today because some (laughs) pretty cool stuff happened today that I'll get to, but, you know, first wanted to just touch on how that scouting trip went and then kind of work through a couple other uh, things I wanted to chat about here. So, um, this, this, this scouting trip that I went on again, early July. And, you know, maybe I mentioned this on a podcast that got released and maybe I didn't Well, no, I'm sure I did the one, the episode before, but I, these type of scouting trips that are early in the season, like that was, and in a new unit, I actually like to go scout units that are new to me early in the year because I'm usually not finding deer or bucks is not my number one priority and that early in the summer bucks usually aren't grown you know established enough antler to really tell for sure what they're going to be you know and it and it seems like I don't know, maybe it's just where I go, but I see pictures or posts of other guys that are out about the same time of year in other parts of the West. And, you know, bucks are, you know, these bucks look like they're already 160 inch bucks that are going to finish out at, you know, 170 or 180 or 190 or whatever. And I just don't, I just haven't seen that. Most of these bucks that I'm, you know, not, again, I don't know if it's a geographical thing or, um, you know, whatever the, the elevation or the, you don't know anyway uh so for me that early in the year first week in july i'm much more interested in scouting the area than i am the deer and that's exactly what i was doing new spot that i wanted to go check out um you know the long story long story i was trying to meet up with a customer and drop a product off that they had that they had with us and um on the map you know I didn't look real close and on the map it was like right there you know the trailhead was right right there nearby and I didn't map out I didn't map out all the roads uh, exactly and so you know I just assumed oh it'll be right there and the trailhead won't be too far you know maybe an hour's drive well, it was more like, you know, another three hours drive on the dirt road and really, really uh, took me longer than I thought. So, but that's, that's the point, right? You go through this exercise of driving to the trailhead, whether you're, you know, going to actually scout or just drive the roads or check the unit, and you get a feel for stuff like that. And so I won't, definitely won't make that mistake during the season if I end up back there, so... Um, what did I find? Well, what I found is a good, exactly what I was looking for, um, or what I thought I would, I was after. Uh, I picked out this spot because two reasons it has a couple of basins that are not only off of a main trail. Mm, You know, anywhere from starting at a half mile to a mile and a half worth of ground. But it's also pretty tough to get to, you know, physically like getting over to. Once you leave the trail in this particular area, um, there's not much to speak of. I mean, you're kind of on some pretty rugged, cliffy type uh, country. And so that is that's a recipe for a place that big bucks want to live, right? You're, you're away from the main traffic of the trail for summer traffic of just hikers plus, um, you know, hunters during the season, most guys that hit the back country, they, they still are just hitting stuff that they can get to on a trail, right? It takes a whole nother level of risk and backcountry hunter to hit country where you got a bushwhack, you know, and be off, you know, mile or two off of the a main trail. And so that's always good. And then just tough to get into. Um, and that's exactly what, what I found. And what's, what's interesting. And I think what's valuable is I didn't, I didn't even need to, I didn't even look in the basins. Okay. So again, if you picture a main trail, you know, X number of miles from the road or from the truck, the trailhead, And, you know, I got to the point where I would want to leave the trail and I did. And then I went just far enough to get to where I was on the outer outskirts of where the good hunting would start. I was able, you know, because I was around right at that uh, point, I was able to look into one, one basin, um, saw, I don't know, handful of bucks right? And there was still a couple more basins wrapping around the backside of this mountain range to go. I didn't need to go look in those. And and here's why. Again, I'm not necessarily scouting deer. So even if I go over there and I see a buck, um, you know, you, could it be a buck that's mature enough or wide enough or heavy enough or whatever at this point? Yeah, but it's not worth it, right? It's not worth again, you know, the way that I would hunt this in the, during the season, if I'm going back in there is I would hunt each of those, these basins as I come to them until they're, I feel like they're hunted out, um, or I can't find anything. And then I would move to the next one. And so, you know, that's really how I was going to scout it I was just going to go to the edge and stop because in this time of year, I have no reason to go any further. So, I got to the edge of what I needed to see. I could tell that it was going to be, you know, definitely a difficult traverse to get across that basin to the next little side bowl and probably so on and so forth because judging by the Google Earth and stuff, the country looks pretty brutal. So, but if you get there and you hunt that basin and it kind of, you blow that out or it doesn't work out or you don't find what you're after, you know, then it's whatever, you know, you make some noise and you cross that basin two or three days later and you pop up over and you hunt the next basin, you know, and so on and so forth. And there was two or three of those beyond where I could see. So, um, yeah, at this point, I'm considering that my backup plan, I have one other spot that's got some very, very similar characteristics, but probably a little more difficult to get into just because the initial hike to get to the where you leave the trail is further and steeper and uh, you know more elevation and frankly I've just I know of or I've seen bigger bucks in that in this other particular spot so as of right now if I'm hunting Wyoming that's probably where I'll start is on on that other spot but this place that I just scouted is is definitely plan B um, you know it could turn into a I don't know could be 400 guys in there um you know you never know and but it could be a nice little pocket to go hit so um those are always nice to have you know backup plans yeah um let's see what else some new gear uh i (laughs) i've upgraded some gear i've got a few few cool pieces of gear that I'm excited to use. Um, I won't talk about every little... You know, there's some really insignificant stuff. um, But I'll talk about just some of the ones I'm more excited about. So, um, picked up a rechargeable headlamp from Petzl. I've never used Petzl myself. But... um, And I've never used a rechargeable. But that's what I liked about it. You know, I realized... Nowadays, I'm packing my little solar power battery pack, um, you know, on any significant backcountry hunt. And so I'm just, I'm sick and tired of batteries dying on headlamps. And, you know, not that I won't, you can run that, this headlamp, it's a a Actic Core. You can run it with rechargeables or with traditional batteries. So will I still end up packing three AAA traditionals for it? Yeah, I probably will. Um, But just the recharging and not having to worry, you know, about having fresh batteries in it at the moment seemed a little easier and a little nicer. So Um, that'll be fun. We'll try that, see how that works. I'll still, still, here's the other thing. I'm still going to pack a backup headlamp with traditional batteries in it as well. So I just Corey got me in the habit of packing two headlamps. It's a good habit to get into, I think. At the very least two pieces two sources of light, you know, backcountry light and headlamps are just probably the way to go. But um pin. So this is one that I've played around with the idea for quite a few years um, you know, honestly, uh, Snyder kind of tipped me over on it and I'm just, I'm going to give it a try. Um, not hundred percent sold, you know, you still got some situations where if you've got water that is stagnant, you know, you got to probably do some filtering, I guess. Um, but it's the same with my iodine tablets. You know, you basically, if you're running iodine or steripen, you kind of are planning on, um, either having some sort of, uh, primary filter to filter out the stagnant type water, or you're planning on running water. Right. And so it's usually not an issue. Um, but you know, some of the, areas you end up in on years like this where it's you know relatively dry across parts of the west um you know you could get into some spots where there's no running water so um give that a try sterapin classic i'm still gonna pack my uh iodine iodine doesn't bother me i haven't i don't have any uh problem with the taste or anything like that and so um I like the Sterapin. It seems a little bit more freeze proof. Some of these filters, I don't, you know, I don't hunt a lot of late season hunts, but I also don't like the idea if I leave my pack out and a temp drops to, you know, 20 degrees overnight that my filters are now frozen, um, you know, irrelevant or not, not useful anymore. So I think, you know, I'm sure that Sterapin's got to be protected a little bit from cold weather, but it's, It's got to be a little bit more resilient to that. So um, looking forward to that. You know, just a whole bunch of like different food items and stuff. And I won't go into all that. I'll just maybe give reviews and videos and stuff uh, from the field. But um, optics. So, you know, two key things here. I I ended up selling my 15s. And I'm just going to run my 12s. I decided, you know, it's been over a year that I've had them just in the box and couldn't bring myself to rip them out, especially once I got these 12s. And so I just decided I could use the cash more than, you know, and so. Anyway, I don't think I'm going to regret it. I think these 12s are extremely, the NL peers are extremely versatile. Um, I haven't had, because of the wide, I think because of the wide field of view, I haven't had any problems, you know, off handing for the most part, a pair of 12s, which is very uncommon, right? Um, that's was, uh, I assumed was going to be my biggest problem is off handing 12s, but I don't, I haven't had any problem with it. I've been out on, I don't know, half dozen different trips between bear hunts and scouting trips now and everything. I, I don't have any problem with it. I still have my little eight powers that i'll probably pack on uh any bow hunts that i have or may or may not have we'll talk about that in a minute um as kind of my stocking you know up close and personal binos on my chest and then have like my 12s you know acting as my 15 so to speak that i would throw on a tripod for glassing or whatever but so we'll see i did it maybe i'll regret it i don't think so but um and then my coloscope came in uh for my rifle setup finally. So I've got my backcountry, my little ultimate backcountry seven Som rifle uh build done. Uh little 18-inch barrel, I'll run a probably a six-inch suppressor on it. Um collis K318 MOAK reticle left windage. Um, probably run the 168 loads that we run it uh, through our gunworks load. And what else on that? Not much. It's just an ultimate little, sweet little backcountry rifle I've built. Um, and it'll cross over. I'll, I'll run it over on my muzzle loader for specifically for Jens Hunt. We'll cross that over towards the end of the year and run it as the muzzle loader scope too. So, Okay, last but certainly not least, and the reason that I was motivated to push record on this episode, let's talk archery gear that I'm going to run this year. Now, before I get into the gear, um, the reason that I'm <laughs> so... You guys all know that this has been a brutal year for me and tags. I I still, to this second, I have not drawn uh, any sort of tag, quality tag whatsoever. The only tag that I've technically drawn, 100% technically drawn, is this white-tailed doe tag here in Wyoming, right? Just a nothing tag. And I still haven't. But some things happened today that really changed the outlook of my season here. Um, you know, I pride myself, and I I, th- I think I called my shot on this. I'm not going to lie. I think I called my shot quite a few episodes back and and basically said, I'm down, but I'm not out. In other words, I am relentless about finding these tags in one way or another. And today that came to fruition, uh, twofold, (laughs) um, you know, and I'll just, I'll just come out and say, I was able to pick up what ultimately was probably my second choice on my original Colorado mule deer app clear back in whenever March or whatever, April, which is fine because so anyway, muzzle muzzleloader Colorado deer tag that I picked up this morning, um, you know, through their leftover deal and, and it's, it's a good, it's, it's a good tag. It's, it's definitely, um, like I said, it was, I was expecting to draw it as a second choice. And so it's, it is what it is. Um, I'm completely happy with it at this point, especially because in Colorado, um, with those leftovers or second choice or whatever, you don't lose your points. In fact, you you know, you still keep your points and gain a point. So man, any, you know, any state like that where you can gain a point, hunt a, you know, a similar or better unit the next year, um, and still have a tag and go out and get out, you know, an area and have a chance of doing what I did this last year. Right. Um, that's 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 a no-brainer right especially if you're whatever diehard mule there guy or whatever so picked that up first thing this morning and then (laughs) drumroll i secured a nevada a nevada archery tag in one of the top premier archery units in the state um i am beyond excited if the kids weren't asleep right now i would i would reenact my reaction this morning or this afternoon when i picked that tag up but i can't afford to have those kids wake up and so just take me at my word that i am you can't even believe how excited i am about this tag um all telling you all that and excited to tell you that because now it's, I've got some issues on my hands. <laughs> I don't have a bow still. You guys, I do not have a bow, a compound bow still. And I think I've got it worked out. I think that, you know, I, uh, I made it clear that I needed this bow by, you know, now I need it tomorrow. Um, and, and I think that, you know, I'm going to get my bow here pretty soon, but I picked up a premium archery tag and I don't have a bow. And so I've got some serious decisions to make now, let me be clear. I don't talk about it much, but I've still been shooting my traditional bow and I'm, you know, I'm not great with it right now because frankly, you have to be you have to be consistent with it shooting almost every day probably to really be tuned up with those things but i'm efficient enough with it and i've got the ability i mean i would feel 100% confident at 20 yards now that you know that doesn't mean i'm going to hit everything but that's that's a shot that i'm i expect myself to make you know i should be able to keep those shots in a you know in the kill zone in a paper plate for sure um and so the the traditional bow is my backup we'll see how fast this other bow comes and how comfortable I can get with it this is the worst advice or the worst thing that I can ever put in someone's head is that you're allowed to get a bow and put it together and go hunt with it now I'm not I'm not the hunt opens the 10th archery hunts in Nevada open the 10th I'm not hunting it that early I have Uh, a work trip that I'll actually, it'll work out well because I'll be able to shoot at the entire time. So not that that's a big deal, but I've got a few weeks in between now and when I'll actually be hunting this, I think. And so, you know, it's not exactly what it seems, but it's, it's pretty dang close. So again, I will be limiting my range extremely. Like you know, when I'm tuned up and when I was running compounds and like, that was what I was doing, uh, religiously, you know, I'll be honest. I mean, uh, 80 yard shot, you know, was probably my max. I mean, I tipped an elk over at 80 years and years and years ago. Um, and so what will that be now? At least half, I mean, 40, right. That 40 yards is where I'm really trying to, uh, expecting to get to on a hunt like this at this point. If I end up taking the traditional bow, 20, 25, maybe, um, you know, I do have a pretty solid point on at about 34, 35, um, that I would, you know, actually feel pretty confident with. And so, man, uh, everything changed this morning, you know, and if you understand Nevada's, um, tag, situation with their leftovers or whatever then you understand what's going on but you know I had a decision to make and this was this was probably in fact it was it was the only tag that I told myself I really wasn't looking for an archery tag I wasn't and there's probably someone out there who I beat to it and they're gonna be mad because you know they're banking on it but it came up it was the only tag that I told myself yeah like if that one came up I'd probably grab it this is a tag in a unit. Again, I grew up in Nevada. I've been wanting this tag for 15 years. I had it once when I was a real punk kid, uh, you know, long story short, just completely blew it on a couple, well, killed them, but, uh, tipped over a couple fork and horns, me and my dad. And it was just, a. it was, it, it just, I was not impressed with myself. So, I've been wanting this tag and this redemption for quite a while now. It sounds crazy. I know, I know what it sounds like, but, um, again, all, you know, I could put a bow together tonight and go hunt with it tomorrow. And if I limit myself to, you know, 30, 20, 30 yards, um, you know, that's more ethical than some guys (laughs) that have been, you know, quote unquote shooting all summer, which they haven't. Right, they're picking their bow up, you know, once a week, and they call that shooting or less probably, and you know they think they can fling them at sixty. Well, you know, as long as I'm, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, disciplined enough to to limit my range here. Then, you know, I know how to set up a bow. I know how to tune a bow. I did it for a living uh, for a couple of years, and so that part I'm not too worried about. But I'm just going to limit my range. And, and it's going to be what it's going to be, but, you know, I saw the opportunity and I jumped on it. Um, one in the hands worth, you know, two in the, in the mountains, I guess, or in the bush. Um, and you know, I, I don't regret it. I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a hundred percent. I've got, you know, I'm probably going to end up hopefully with close to a week, um, of hunting, maybe a little bit less. And so we'll see, we'll see how it goes. So all that being said, I started doing the math, um, you know, and again, some guys, guys who don't, aren't, you know, I can figure out about what my arrow setup should be, or is going to be long before I ever shoot an arrow through my bow, right? Just from kind of understanding spines and weights and speeds that I need to be at and, you know, relative to the poundage and draw length and stuff like that. And so I could tell real quick with this new bow, um, that I don't have that 80 pounds, 31 inch draw. I just, with the speeds that I was trying to hit, even these two sixty spine arrows were not going to be stiff enough. Um, with the amount of weight that I have to add to them to slow my arrow down enough, I don't want to turn my limbs down. Uh, so don't, don't suggest that, uh, it was gonna, it just was going to bring me in too weak, I think. And so, um, mm-hmm. the only arrow that I could find that I trusted that people had written or, uh, given their seal of approval on that ha- that came in at 200 spine was these, uh, black Eagle, uh, X impacts in a 200 spine they call it a zero zero one tolerance. I haven't, you know, checked that. Um, but I ordered a dozen and that's what I'm going to run through it. So, uh, yeah, uh, I think I'm going to end up, I, I I've got them, the numbers in my notebook at work, but I think I'm going to have to run about, 200 and something 225 or 275 up front geez i can't remember i'd have to pencil it all out and i'm not going to do that right now but i got to run quite a bit of weight up front to knock down the arrow weight to knock down the uh you know bring up the arrow weight to knock down my velocity to get into that you know that sweet spot if you're going to run um now on these mule deer hunts i'll probably run a mechanical so i could get away with a little less weight and a little more speed but still like to just tune around that 290 um you know from guys that are a lot smarter than me that seems to be uh, a really good sweet spot so uh, i'm looking at like a 550 to 575 grain arrow um, with that setup so will literally be able to punch that thing through anything in North America if I want it (laughs) to 575 grain arrow through an 80 pound bow with a 31 inch draw. Um, (laughs) that's just 200 spine. I love it. Um, it's like, you know, in basketball, you can't coach height. Well, you can't coach draw length and to some extent you can't coach, whether you can pull you know 80 pounds or 70 pounds or you know you, you can obviously you can exercise those muscles and stuff but um yeah Jen's Jen's just never gonna shoot 80 pounds not gonna happen so anyway it is what it is um so that'll be fun kind of a bonsai uh kamikaze build and uh you know see what I can put together on this hunt the other piece of this is I've got So I've got a week here, kind of the middle of the hunt when it opens, and then I've got a week kind of towards the end that I already had scheduled off that now I can flex and probably use that if I don't kill one on this first trip to go back because this is, you know, this is one of those hunts you want to spend, dedicate some time to. So, man, what a day, what a turn of events. Um, Man, it just goes to show, like, I know that tags have never been harder to get, point creep across the west i feel like more people applying for tags than ever i mean these those colorado tags this morning i can't believe i cannot believe how fast you know some of the tags i was trying to get had one to three or four or whatever uh tags available in that unit for that weapon there was some like you know afterwards like Within a minute of checking out, you know, I jumped back in to see maybe there's an elk tag in the unit that I got my deer tag or something. There was units that I was checking on that had 30, 40, almost 50 tags, and all those were gone in minutes. I mean, we're talking like before 9.05, every single tag that I could punch in that was worth anything, gone. And there was hundreds of them. Um, It's just crazy time, right? And yet, you know, I feel like I've said this before. If you're into it and you know how to navigate some of these states and their turnbacks and their stuff, I just proved it. You can find tags. You can find quality tags. You can get tags. You just got to do a little bit more research and you got to dig into it and you got it. it's got to matter. You know, it's, I mean, it's just got to be something that, and if you, if you do that, there are so many opportunities to pick up good tags across the West. You got to be flexible sometimes with your schedule. I mean, this archery hunt starts in like nine days or whatever, right? So, you know, there's there's things that you got to keep in mind when you're doing this. But man, if you are just looking for tags, there are ways to get tags. So I'll tell you what, just like that, it's going to be crazy fall, uh, win, lose, or draw. It is going to be a crazy, crazy fun fall with some hunts, uh, see if I can get this bow put together and feel good about it. Um, you know, plan B is I'll take my trad bow with me anyway, and we'll see how it shakes out. So yeah, uh, that's going to be my first time of the year and man, I hope you guys have picked up some tags. I hope that you guys have some stuff that you're looking forward to, you know, let me know what type of gear you guys are running and what uh, you're looking forward to using this year yourselves and you know maybe you're trying something new or you've used some of the stuff that I just mentioned love to hear from you guys you guys always uh seem to be giving more and more uh feedback uh through your comments and talking to me and messaging me and stuff like that every day so love it um appreciate you guys just include me in what you're doing and what's going on and uh you know just being a part of what I'm doing here so on series five in the books. Thanks, guys. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Finding Backcountry podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe and mention it to your friends. But the best thing you can do, leave a rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. For notes and links to this and other episodes, please visit FindingBackcountry.com.